All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Good morning, and welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Very, very important conversation today. Talk a lot about healthcare on this show. Talk about the payer today. Is that a conversation I have as often as I need to? So looking forward to diving into that angle on healthcare. So let's get to it. I'm joined today by Brian Kim. He's a senior vice president, business development and marketing with ICA Systems. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. A pleasure to be here. Yeah, the pleasure's mine. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. I appreciate it. I know you're very busy. I appreciate that time. Uh, Brian, before we get into the conversation around ICA Systems, take a few quick seconds, inform the audience a bit about you and your background. Sure, sure. So I've been in and around healthcare, notably on the payer side since the late 80s, and been really eager to see and excited to see the transition in the industry, notably with what's possible both from a a payer process and model perspective, as well as what technology brings to bear. So my focus has really been in healthcare technology as it relates to the payer processes for the last, I'd say, 15 years. Outstanding. Well, God, the the future of healthcare technology is so interesting, so intriguing, so exciting. I look forward to getting into that a bit more. Uh, Before we get into our conversation, Brian, now take a few quick seconds and uh, give the audience a 10,000-foot view of ICA Systems. What do you do? How do you serve your market? Sure. ICA Systems provides the software and solutions, meaning the overall services, to help payers, health plans, administer their systems, their processes, their overall business better. We're transitioning to new technologies, new platforms, notably a cloud-based platform, in order to reduce total cost, to improve flexibilities for the future, and to give insights on a real-time basis so they can do the type of business that they want to do going forward, notably around government, compliance, and most notably, member-centric, member-intimate type of approaches. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the important work that you do. Uh, It's a competitive space that you're in, no doubt about that. Uh, How is ICA a little bit different than everyone else? Sure. We are an innovator in terms of early transition to a cloud-based model, as well as really being, I look at what we do and what we offer as really the only platform that was architected in this century. We have a way of looking at this that is quite modern and that is very much customer-centric. We are looking to create a model that allows everyone to use the same software, but have it highly configured, highly specific to each payer's uh, unique situation based on geography, based on mix of business, based on size. All of those things are variables that make each payer unique. Mm, Interesting stuff. All right, well, let's shift our conversation towards that payer. Uh, Talk about some of the major market trends that are driving transformation in this space. Yeah, you know, it's been a fascinating time to watch this market space. Obviously, the headlines out there and things like the Wall Street Journal and New York Times are around Anthem, Cigna, Aetna, Humana. Mm-hmm. There's scale, and that's really driven, and you hear the cognoscenti, notably in the media like yourselves, but people who are a bit removed from it, talking about it as a matter of scale around provider contracting. And that's certainly important, but what's underlying that even more importantly are moves around the ACA that drive obviously that scale economies question, but also how they actually work, how they administer what they do. So economies of scale, 
there's a change around high premium business in that if you have to spend the same amount of money to administer the business, but you can go into programs, notably, say, Medicare Advantage, that offer higher premiums, there's an interesting change in percentage cost structure. There's also real changes to how people share risk, and that's another reaction to what ACA requires in terms of the percentage of premium that goes to medical risk or to medical spend. But that's all happening, and that's around the ACA. And then ACA changes what is happening in terms of the market. Obviously, exchanges and Medicaid expansion, which is familiar to everyone, as well as shop and the really interesting and somewhat still uncertain move toward defined contribution, where even large employers will give their employees and their dependents just a bucket of cash and say, this is what you can go spend, go buy your own health insurance. And so now it becomes very much an individual market across the board. And that's what people aren't talking about as much. That and combined with the Medicare Advantage boom, which is coming over the next, which is here actually, and continuing for the next 15 plus years as the baby boomers move through that system. So what you see is this massive move to individual. And finally, when you think about it, all of this is with a fundamental around being leaner, around having that total cost of ownership, that total operating expense drop and being flexible within it. So, you know, in summary, I'd say what's interesting about it is move to individual, this move to cost pressures and the reactions to that and really driving flexibility. So if, if I'm the CEO of a health plan, I know all this is coming and I can see all these pieces moving. What I don't know about my market and how it will evolve is which are going to be most important and what are the knobs and levers that I can pull maximize my business and to be a leader in that business. And so having the underlying fundamentals, the infrastructure to be flexible to that, to say, this is the way I want to, to differentiate myself, say, in uh, higher premium government business is how I'm going to differentiate or someone else might wish to differentiate in member intimacy. Those different approaches could happen in two different health plans, could happen in the same health plan, but in both situations, they need the ability to have their infrastructure go with them and support them. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Brian, you know, no surprise to you, here at the Intrepid Now Media Network, we talk to a lot of business across a wide spectrum from technology to manufacturers to innovative tech startups, all these different things, and, and talk a lot about the total cost of ownership. But in a lot of the conversations I have in the healthcare space, that's not something that you hear a lot of, or at least I haven't. And I'm fascinated to hear you bring that up as a critical element to be thinking about and pondering here. Is that becoming a more important concept in the healthcare space, this idea of total cost of ownership? And, and is there, it just seems to be that's not been a priority, but it seems to be becoming one. Am I reading that right? I hate to say this, Todd, but I'm not sure I can extrapolate quite that broadly. What I can say is, is really about what we've been pushing in terms of our companies, our internal focus to the customer. I think, number one, to your point, it should be talked about. It is the most important thing in that our success is measured in our customer success. And for the moment, we're talking about total cost of ownership, which is, hey, we can drop your cost structure. And we've actually done that with our customer plan, some plans seeing as much as a 50% reduction in operating costs, those admin costs, specific to some lines of business, et cetera, that we've worked with. And that's been our focus, and we've really gotten our entire organization to be thinking about it that way. The next place I want us to go is to not only think about that cost reduction component, but to think about really moving their margins. Obviously, the cost piece does, 
but how do we also help them grow their business to differentiate themselves in the eyes of the commercial buyers as well as government in order to grow their revenue as well as reducing their costs and obviously getting that double whammy at the bottom line, all while, and maybe most importantly, driving care for the individual. So in terms of, and getting back to your question, Todd, are we seeing a lot of that? I feel like we are being innovative in some ways in this industry to really push that point, to push the idea of, hey, we're all about not just your technology spend, because technology spend is part of it. It's a small part of it even. The bigger part is how do you optimize what you do? So if you'll pardon a, a quick aside here, you know, we obviously respond to requests for proposals, etc. And one of the processes that we went through, and obviously they often have a checklist. And so in one of those processes, we got dinged, so to speak, based on the fact that we weren't generating some special report. And we had to come back and sort of push the idea that, in fact, with our system, you don't need that report because that's all automated. You don't need to see this thing. It's not part of the work process that should be going forward. And in fact, again, it's not about the system, but it's about how do you want to optimize the processes to make it streamlined across the board and get to those 50% type of operating cost reduction. Well, on behalf of all of us at Intrepid Healthcare, let me tell you, I appreciate you guys pushing this idea of total cost of ownership to the forefront. Before we go to break, you've got me thinking about a couple of things here. This this massive shift towards the individual. I'm still thinking about your comment that you're one of the few solutions, if not the only solution, architected in this century. Makes me wonder that the profile of the payer is a lot different than, say, 20 years ago. Walk us through those changes. Sure, sure. You know, it's interesting. So when you think about 20 years ago, I mean, that's 90s, right? Late 80s, early 90s, really, when I uh, when I had entered healthcare. I mean, you know, it's fascinating because even then there was this transition and the idea, remember back when the whole um, capitation, the California model, providers were going to take all the risk and people tried to do that. And outside of, you know, certain very select groups and market, it was a spectacular disaster for many people. You know, what's different now? Because in some ways we're coming back to that. I mean, I think a huge piece of that is about the ability to have insight. I think a huge piece of that is also the ability to both. I mean, right now we have people who are starting to market to the individual and marketing is sort of the tip of the spear at the moment. But ultimately it's going to be about how do you serve the individual across the entire life cycle of that interaction? If I'm a payer, I am changing now my view of what I need to do in terms of interacting with that individual because I used to interact with the head of benefits at major companies in my area. I used to interact with brokers. Now, suddenly, if I'm looking at a market in an industry where the buyer of healthcare, or the buyer of health coverage is an individual person, it's a completely different model because now I'm A, I don't have the leverage. It's not one conversation. It's this massive lack of revenue. And B, there are consumer level demands that are just different than what, you know, a business to business relationship tends to be. Consumers are in some ways more demanding on that personal touch and that personal differentiation and that again, member intimate piece of it. So how do we as a vendor, as a partner to our customers, how do we help them understand their member better so that they're able to have the right interaction and the right intervention, the right guidance, and the right, in some ways, their own partnership with the individual? 
That's so, so critical. All right. Brian Kim will return after this short break. We'll be right back. CTG Health Solutions is proud to have been your trusted advisor for healthcare IT consulting services for over 25 years. In that time, CTG Health Solutions has provided healthcare strategic, technical, and operational consulting support to more than 600 healthcare provider and payer organizations. CTG Health Solutions satisfied clients are supported by some of the most talented healthcare consultants who have chosen CTG Health Solutions as their work home in large part due to the company's outstanding culture. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. CTG Health Solutions was named a Modern Healthcare Best Places to Work company again last year. Find out more about CTG Health Solutions and their world-class culture by liking them on Facebook or stopping by their website at www.ctghs.com. Right, I'm back with Brian Kim, Senior Vice President, Business Development and Marketing with ICA Systems. So, Brian, uh, we've been talking about these technology solutions and the impact they're having. Uh, walk me through how a typical technology solution can enable a payer or, frankly, prevent it from thriving and succeeding in, in the market today. Sure, sure. You know, I've been thinking about this for a while, obviously, and it is a key part of the conversations that we have out in the marketplace. And I think the best analogy that I've come up with is Think about being an automaker. If you were out there building cars and the factory that you had was a factory that was built in the 1950s and said, build a modern car, build the latest Ford product, the Ford Fusion, or build the you know latest Toyota Camry in a 1950s factory. You have no chance of doing it. But the tools have changed, the expectations of quality, of individualization, automation, the software. It's just a fundamentally different animal than it was 20, 40 years ago. And it's the same thing with what's happening for health plans. The expectations of, again, individualization, the expectations of who you're selling to, you know, notably individuals versus groups ultimately, as well as this real change in how people contract with providers. In some ways, if you look at what people were doing with capitation, say in the 80s, it's a different model of capitation. And the continuum between capitation and the classic fee-for-service, you know, um, payment for action type reimbursement models, in some ways there was this dumbbell type distribution. You either did you know, one or the other. But now there's this whole mix of the in-between, between risk share, pay for performance, potentially bundled or episodic payments, and even the same provider seeing a multiple of those things depending on the situation, depending on the type of service rendered, et cetera. So you have this across the board. And what happens is if you have a system that was built rather for that group business, for the old school model and for fee-for-service, the old health insurance way of thinking of it, the ability for them to handle one provider across four different types of contracts in three different settings is near, near impossible. The chances that that works is near zero. In addition, if you flip it around and think about the individual, think about government. So if you have somebody who's a dual eligible member, both in Medicare and Medicaid, the ability to be able to span both coverages with a single identifier, a single ID, and to have claims auto-adjudicate through it all is pretty darn hard. And it's darn near impossible with what you've got from a legacy system perspective. You know, I'm proud of the fact that, in fact, 
we're flipping around and doing those things today that we're doing that with a single ID, that we're handling all sorts of contracting that, that are esoteric, for lack of a better word. And on top of all of that, getting to that member intimacy concept, getting to the idea of really understanding what's happening for that individual member and increasingly providing insight about what's happened with that member based on the data that we see. Well, I just I wish we had more time to dive into this member intimacy idea because I think that's so critical. I think that's where healthcare is going. I think that's what technology is enabling a, a system to do, and that's very exciting. I don't have enough time to really dive into the details. We might have to bring you back to talk more about that. But to to build on what you just talked about in terms of ecosystems customers and what you're seeing and observing and how they are leveraging modern these modern technology solutions to lead this shift in, in the industry. Walk us through some of those things that you've observed there. No, there's an old saying, if you've seen one health plan, you've seen one health plan. <laughs> and the funny thing is you've got to tweak it now because not only is it that, but if you've seen a health plan three years ago, it's going to be different than what you'll see in three years because they're all going through this transition. And the key with us and with our customers is that we are able to help them through that transition in a way that's around the flexibility of the actual offering. But it's also about the flexibility of how we work with those customers in terms of introducing it. We have some customers who've done the full lift and replace. Let's replace everything. We're going to go and hold on. But other situations where we've built into it in terms of building individual modules, individual lines of business, and stepping into that and realizing, hey, we can get value in these more cloistered settings, understand it better, build out from there. You know, one of the major drivers of the lift and replace, the major regulatory drivers was like coming or is, I should say, the coming ICD-10 deadline. And at this point, you're either ready or you're going to be ready or you're not. And so that piece is done. But what's interesting is that after people get through that threshold, October 1 threshold, they're going to realize a few things. That all the unique, pardon me, crazy and esoteric stuff is still going to be out there and is still going to be difficult with however they've remediated what they got. There's going to be quirky requirements associated with ICD-10. When the number of codes goes fivefold, that gets pretty darn complicated or eightfold as it may be. And again, handling the true individual. So when we look at our customer base, what we see is a customer base that's ready for the transition, that's ready for this transition to more difficult contracting, that's looking at their opportunities they continue to get closer to their customers. So our customers, what we've seen is our customers have been have been gravitating to us because they see this difference in identifying membership that they know that they need to contact, being able to work with them through their entire life cycle from that initial marketing and sales through the enrollment process. I mean, if you think about where consumers work with payers when in the life cycle. It's that upfront, how streamlined can you make that onboarding? You know, I think one of the interesting things, I don't know if you use like progressive insurance for your auto. One of the amazing things with them is how streamlined and easy that initial onboarding process is. That's what our customers are doing today. And then when there's a claim, when something actually happens, how easy is it to get through that process and to get the support? So if I'm in the hospital and I need to go to rehab and I have this uh, downgrading of care, you know, sort of to less and less and less acute situation, how is my plan helping me? How are they identifying in conjunction with my doctor or more importantly, doctors and being that nexus point to bring in a view of what's the right 
setting for me? And how do I get that ramp down in an appropriate way until I can finally be home again? Yeah. So helping our customers do that is a critical piece. Well, there's still too many people that think of having to interact with their plan as a very complex interaction. It doesn't have to be. So it's exciting to see that we're evolving away from that. But when I when I think about your comment, if you see one plan, you've seen them all. You and I both know, and many of those listening know, that, that there are plenty of plans that are very serious risk of being left behind. So what would you advise a plan in that situation to do to begin to turn that corner? I think lots of plans get stuck with the idea that it's got to be this massive move. Because that's been the, that's been the bugaboo in the industry. Yeah. You know, it, when people look at systems like ours, notably when they do a full lift and replace, it's like doing a heart and lung transplant. I mean, if you think about it, the, you know, a claim system, the core admin system, is somewhat like the beating heart of a health plan. And doing that full-blown lift and replace has the associated mortality and morbidity. Mm. It's scary. But in fact, that's not what you have to do. In fact, working with folks like us, there's a modular approach. There's a stepwise approach that doesn't have to be everything all at once, but in fact can be pieces and can be de-risked and understand it and done at an order of magnitude in terms of cost that, well, at a cost that is an order of magnitude lower. Yeah. Well, that's an important message that we need to communicate out there. Well, Brian, I hate to say it. Uh, we're out of time. Plenty of more important, critically important stuff we have to talk about. So we we'll probably have to have you back on the show to continue that dialogue. But for today, before I let you go, how can people contact you should they have questions and where can they learn more about Ecosystems? Well, our website is a great place to start, ecosystems.com. And my email address is bkim at ecosystems.com. Brian and Kim. I'd love to hear from folks. I appreciate that. Brian Kim, the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Marketing with ICA Systems. Brian, very grateful for your time today. Thanks for stopping by and joining me. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. Again, on behalf of my guest, Brian Kim, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.